Welcome to Doing a World of Good, a podcast from the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and generously supported by Raj and Kumla Gupta, shining the light on the positive works of our members and supporters. I'm your host, Bob North. Each summer, AICHE selects some of the country's top final year engineering students to participate in a public policy initiative like few others. The WISE program, or Washington Internship for Students of Engineering, is a nine-week immersion that puts participants face-to-face with public policy makers. And during their time there, students grapple with the real-world opportunities and challenges of navigating the halls of government in our profession. Today, in the first of a two-part discussion, we've brought together six past participants of the program to share their thoughts and insights about how the program has shaped their thinking about government and industry partnership. Let's listen in. Thank you all for joining me today on the program. It's so great to have such an amazing group of past wise participants in one place. So to start off, I think the most expeditious way to handle this is to have each of you say your name and tell us what you're doing. And James, you can start. Of course. So my name is James Bedner, and I'm currently working towards an undergraduate degree in electromechanical engineering at Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. Christina? Hi, everyone. My name is Christina. Uh, I am currently working as a SCOVO fellow at the Natural Resources Defense Council. Fantastic. Fantastic. Ashan? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ashan Dev. I am a graduating senior at the University of California, Berkeley, studying chemical and biomolecular engineering. Great. Alex? Hey, everyone. My name is Alex Sign, and I'm a first-year PhD student at NC State University studying material science and engineering. And Zai? Hey, everyone. My name is Zai Lin. I'm currently based out of Dallas, Texas, and I'm currently working at a management consulting firm in the area. And Victor? Hello, everybody. My name is Victor. I'm currently in my last semester at the University of Central Florida, where I study mechanical engineering. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, you know, we have a lot to cover. I want to have a, a hopefully a fun conversation with you about what the WISE program means to you. But I think the first place to start, the first question that I want to ask is, what initially drew you to the WISE program and why did you decide to pursue this kind of internship? I mean, I got to imagine, Zai, that you've got so many different options at your at your your disposal when you're in a position like you are. I mean, you've got a uh, a great educational background. You've got great grades. You're one of the top students. Why did you choose Wise to participate in? So for me, I think what drew me to Wise was that it was a really interesting and I guess one of a kind opportunity to explore the intersection between engineering, science, technology, and, and policy. And, you know, specifically, I, I studied computer engineering uh, in, uh, for undergrad. And I think throughout my time in college, I was really interested in kind of exploring different ways that I could apply that technical education. And so I thought that applying that technical education and bringing to the policy table a more technical understanding uh, was a really, what sounded like a really great opportunity that the, that the WISE program offered. Not to mention, you know, uh, getting a chance to meet with 
meet other students and, and participate in a program with other students who are interested in kind of the same things that I was in. You know, that's an interesting aspect about the any kind of internship program like this is the ability to meet with other students and get that perspective, not just from the, the people that you're working with, but from the standpoint of all the people that you're exposed to who are uh, fellow participants in the program. It's just an amazing opportunity. James, was that how you approached this particular program? Did you look at WISE as an opportunity to expose yourselves to policy issues that were, you know, kind of defining the way that we look forward at our industry? Or are you more about trying to get together with other students and and learn from experience working side by side with them? So for me, it was a little bit of a a combination of both those factors. I was in a unique situation um, because I was by far the youngest intern in the cohort we had. So I really enjoyed learning from, you know, my peers who are either actively pursuing PhD programs already in industry or, or in the last year of their undergraduate education, sort of learning from their perspectives and uh, getting insight from the experience that, they, that they've already gotten to have. And in that same breath, the opportunity to have what felt like limitless, limitless resources at our disposal during our summer in Washington, D.C. to really dive deep onto a particular policy issue that we we found interesting. That that was just a really sort of uh, just beneficial part of the program. And that was the main reason that I applied, just to have that opportunity to really understand and explore the intersection of engineering and public policy while in Washington. So the program allows you to choose a policy initiative that you're interested in, or is it assigned to you in the program? Students are able to choose a policy issue that is of interest to them. Um, I, I believe that each of the sponsoring societies have a different way for determining what that issue is. I, I know for SAE International, the policy was pretty much propose a topic during your application process and then feel free to explore for your first couple of weeks during WISE and then change that topic. So I actually went into the program with the intent of studying autonomous cars and how those um, sort of interact with current policies and regulations. And I ended up switching over to commercial space and really focusing on the, the regulatory and economic impacts that that growing sector is going to have on our economy. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. Um, Christina, tell me a little bit about your your adventure with this particular program. I mean, what drew you to the program initially, and and why did you pursue this kind of internship? Yeah, so I wanted to make a comment about what James and uh, you, Bob, brought up about the wide variety of uh, topics and uh, interests that the group brings. Um, Because I feel like when I describe the internship opportunity to some of my friends, they tell me, wow, that's a very niche subject, um, engineering, technology, and policy. Um, Only a couple of people might be interested in doing that, or you might sort of be researching very specific issues. Um, But, you know, we all come from a wide variety of backgrounds. within engineering um, with different interests in sort of what we want to do with our engineering degree and how we want to explore the intersections between engineering and policy. Um, so it's definitely really, really interesting to see um, each of the um, interns and the fellows um, sort of work on their own projects um, in different uh, research areas. 
And I think specifically for me, what drew me to the WISE internship program was that I am very passionate about energy and climate change issues. Um, and climate change is, you know, such a large issue that requires um, collaboration between various sectors um, and various uh, research focuses. Um, and so I wanted to have a better understanding of what collaborative um, and um, sort of a holistic approach to studying uh, important issues would look like. And that's sort of what drew me um, to this program. Yeah. And it, and it affected you um, pretty profoundly considering your career choice. I mean, where you are right now has got to be directly correlated to the participation in the WISE program. Yeah, definitely. Um, I Currently, the fellowship that uh, is sponsoring me um, is focused on um, peace and um, international issues and security issues. Um, and they've recently incorporated environmental security as one of their main research focuses. Um, and I think definitely with um, having gone through the WISE program, um, I think that definitely helped me prepare um, sort of myself or what it would be like to work in D.C., um, what it would be like to interact with people working in the policy field. Um, but also, I'm really lucky to be able to work with an organization that has a lot of staff scientists, um, lawyers, and people with technical backgrounds um, who are working with, um, let's say, uh, people who are advocating on the Hill um, and other policy professionals um, in one organization. So it's definitely prepared me well for this type of environment. I love how you all had such dis different uh, experiences in a lot of ways, so so unique to the individual desires that you had in your heart as far as where you wanted to go with your career, yet there is commonality as well. Victor, tell me a little bit about your journey through the WISE program. What kind of situations were you exposed to during the nine-week program that you participated in? Yeah, so what I would say is the first thing is that they, um, the WISE program put us in connection with a lot of professionals in the field. They made sure that we knew that we had a lot of resources available to us, which is really reassuring just because all of us come from, you know, STEM backgrounds, um, engineering backgrounds, and we're not really taught this whole world of public policy. So that was really reassuring. And I really just um, allowed myself to to learn a lot from the professionals that gave us information. And then my the first thing I did was um, probably for the first three or four weeks was just like, um, shut myself away in the office and 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 um, listen to everything that was that was presented to me. And that was a really unique experience, too, because um, it was it was a large learning curve, I would say. Um, you know, like I said, I'm coming from an engineering background. You know, you're not really taught these ideas. Um, networking with professionals on the Hill, networking with professionals at um, these engineering societies and um, which led to a really good experience, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it was a really vibrant experience in a lot of ways. Alex, how about you? What were you exposed to during your nine weeks? What what made your journey unique? Yeah, so um, I guess a little bit of background from me and what motivated me to pursue the WISE program. Um, my parents immigrated to the U.S. when I was very young. Um, so from a young age, I was kind of raised with a sense of awareness and appreciation for you know, some of the opportunities and freedoms that we have in this country that um, my parents didn't have access to. So 
going through um, high school and college, I really wanted to unify my passion for um, the technical field with some capacity in like serving um, the United States. And so I found that the WISE program was a really great way to get exposed to the, to, um, the different types of career opportunities there are for engineers in DC. Um, and so really for me, it was kind of a learning opportunity of what can I do after I get this technical education, um, what can I do in the real world? So that was a really exciting opportunity for me. And and how did you structure your particular program so that you would get the most out of your experience? So I made a lot of effort to connect with people that I was uh, um, looking to either uh, be employed with in the future or just interested in collaborating with. Um, I really appreciated the WISE's, uh, WISE program structure that they put us in contact with a lot of members uh, from different government organizations. I think one of my favorite experiences was uh, going to ARPA-E, so that's uh, the Advanced Research Projects Agency, uh, especially The their, founders of the ARPANET. Yeah, exactly. And I think really I just had this aha moment when I was uh, listening to one of the program directors talking about uh, research and program management and how they were able to unify those two skills in in a um, in a career and I think really those types of experiences where I was actually meeting people and learning about what their jobs entailed that I really discovered a lot more for myself of what I envisioned myself doing in the future. Mm, that, that is fascinating. Um, Ishan, tell me a little bit about your journey and tell me in what ways did your experience change your thinking about how the engineering community can and should be working together with government? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I guess I can start with why I decided to join WISE. Um, so I was working on research uh, at Berkeley that was essentially just trying to find a new way to make uh, pharmaceuticals at a lower cost. And I was like, wow, this is great. We can make uh, pharmaceuticals cheaper. But, you know, you give this to a drug company, you give them a cheaper process to make their uh, their drugs. But what's to say they'll, you know, lower the price for their consumers? So right. then there's this very, I saw this really rich interplay between um, science and, and, and policy. And um, so that's why I ultimately chose to go to WISE. Um, and it was great um, working with WISE. I got to, my focus now is in synthetic biology. So I got to do a lot of interfacing with professors at universities all around the country in this space and ask them their opinions on my topic and so on and so forth. And um, now, what, your question explain, was... Explain that a little bit before you answer my other question. Explain yeah. how you were in contact with researchers around the country. Uh, what's the process for that? Were they brought to D.C. or were you just in contact with them because of the research you were doing via email and via phone? Uh, actually, it's really cool. So what my um, kind of policy topic was on was biosecurity in this space of synthetic biology. And there's a lot of cool work being done on this type of policy topic at the Department of Defense, the Department of Energy, and so on. So it was kind of a mixture of everything. So I would have people who I had heard about at uh, you know University X halfway across the country, 
but they had they were in DC to be to present a paper, a policy paper on some uh, on this topic, and so I got to interface with them. And then, yeah, like you're saying, I got to send emails um, and uh, try to develop communications and Skype calls and talk with people all over the over the country. And then the last thing is the AICHE gave me a really great mentor. Um, and the mentor they gave me was a uh, professor at Northwestern in synthetic biology, and he was very well connected with everything that was going on. So he introduced me to a lot of people, and that's actually really helped me with um, meeting certain professors as I move into my graduate school career as well. Yeah, and, and going back to my original question, if you can answer it briefly, um, what, what do you? How did this all change your thinking about? how the engineering community can work together with government. I mean, how did it impact you? How did it change the way you look at the way this happens? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest um, kind of realization I had was how transactional policymaking is. Um, you have so many uh, interest groups, so many people who want their way, and trying to develop a policy that kind of makes meets everybody's need is quite difficult. So in, this, in the science space, I think engineers are taught how to problem solve science and uh, work on scientific problems. But on top of that, they learn how to optimize their scientific solutions to be mindful of cost, safety, and other parameters. And so I think that engineers in this space, in government, um, what we really can do is talk to the scientists, but also work on understanding all of the voices in the room. Uh, the voices who are speaking science and the voices that are speaking, you know, how do we optimize this and, and the money aspect as well. And really bring all those voices together so that we're all speaking the same language so we can actually decide and move forward on a policy uh, objective. You know, since we're on that policy objective type um, portion of this whole situation, I mean, obviously the whole program is about putting you together with policymakers. Uh, Zai, what thoughts do you now have? How what, what thoughts do you have regarding the ways in which we currently create science and technology policy? I mean, what are your what are your feelings after seeing it in action, seeing how the sausage is made? How does it? How does it affect you, and how do you think that you can improve the process to become more effective? I think one of the most interesting visits that we had as a wise group, uh, just among all of the different events that, that we were able to attend, uh, among all of the different contacts that we were able to, to make uh, just through the program and each of our sponsoring societies, was actually this one visit that we had as a group to the Nuclear Energy Institute, and there there was a we had we had spoken to uh, a manager at the Nuclear Energy Institute who was just explaining to us. Uh, I believe his name is is Hirsch Desai, and he was just talking to us about his experience working for uh, U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, for for a few years, and at the time, what what he had told us was. You know his his experience in translating um, technology policy was made so much more effective by serving as a bridge between the technical community and the policy community by you know being being able to translate between the technical intricacies and and the need for technical collaboration that Ashan was talking about 
I've got to, to imagine that's got to. Uh, I, I got to imagine that's got to be the most complicated part of this. Um, uh, the the most eye opening experience is to see how far off policymakers are from the the science community in terms of their understanding of scientific principles and technology elements. Um, that's got to be really frustrating. Yeah, it it definitely is, and and especially when when. Um, the the scientific community and, and the technical community and the engineering community what whatever innovations are brought to the table or whatever discoveries from research are, are shown to policymakers whenever that's misunderstood I think that's probably the biggest challenge I see in terms of how we currently create science and technology policy. So Bob, I think I might have an interesting perspective on that since I'm right now a graduate student surrounded by academics. Um, you know, Please. I feel like the science policy community is so niche that it's actually hard to find researchers who are actively talking about these issues with real politicians. Um, I think people in academia really like to hide in the lab, um, but actually what we're doing is we're kind of hiding under this cloak of political neutrality. So I think that's really the problem when we talk about scientists communicating to policymakers. Um, because we really want to believe that science is completely unbiased, but just because some of our experiments happen in a vacuum doesn't mean that our conversations have to, right? Um, and if anything, I would really want to encourage scientists and engineers to go outside of their comfort zone and voice their opinions about policies that would make doing science in this country more conducive and accessible. I love how you put that because um, I think a lot of times when people think about policymakers, they think that the policymakers themselves are completely to blame for not having an understanding of the science and technology that's being presented to them and that somehow they're falling down on the job because of that. But often it's the science community that's not bring, being forthcoming and explanatory about how the science and the technology is going to be impacting the future of society. Um, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, Victor, w would you concur with that thinking? I mean, it's just like, is that the, the secret sauce of trying to get people to uh, be more effective in negotiating between the science and, and policy communities? Uh, that it just needs to be more, you have to have more patience and you have to be more explanatory and you need to be um, helpful in bringing this understanding to these people? Yeah, well, I have a strong opinion on this as well, too. And that was one of the reasons why I, I took so long before deciding to apply for graduate school. I mean, like I, I spent a long time thinking about it and I only applied for like about three programs and they're um, all engineering policy related. Um, and the thinking I have behind that is that a lot of traditional programs, engineering programs or STEM programs in general, don't re reward um policy thinking or like engagement with policy makers or decision makers. I think professors um, have a huge respect for them and I think they do great work since I conducted research as an undergrad for three years. So I have a good understanding of the research environment, but there's just so much professors have to worry about grant writing, uh, making sure their labs are producing well and and stuff like that. So I don't think they, you know, the um, the school system reward that that science thinking, but I think it's truly important, and that's the reason why I'm pursuing a engineering public policy degree in order to be a liaison for 
um, government firms needing science understanding. Um, because I believe if you're making a decision on science, why not use scientists who understand the field a lot? And I think also politicians need to um, develop those relationships further because I think a lot of the time, especially with um, uncertain topics or, or polarizing topics like climate change, um, a lot of times they don't listen to the scientists because they have other agendas. Um, so yeah. How does anybody have any thoughts or strong feelings about how to break down that that unwillingness to even listen to the science community? I mean, James, are, are do you have something? So I I've actually been thinking about this a lot in recent months. Um, I, the point that Alex and also Victor um, followed up with, um, it, it's it really hits home. Um, I, what we have to remember in these conversations is that public policy is inherently political. Um, and that doesn't mean that it has to carry the same sort of divisive uh, tone that a lot of our conversations have these days. Um, the, the one thing that I would like to see, if if I could you know, snap my fingers and a change would be made, would to uh, add some sort of public policy component to the undergraduate engineering and um, even some of the other STEM major education programs, um, whether it be ABET or others, just because I, I feel like engineers in particular leave their undergraduate programs with a really strong understanding of how to optimize their systems to, you know, make the best uh, price, best interact with the customer, things of that sort. But there's there seems to be a, a disconnect with that sort of program and uh, connecting those concepts to how they can interplay with uh, social systems and society overall. Uh, and Ashan, you see, you came off mute. I, I think you have something to say. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, in terms of like improving this conversation, I guess between the scientific community and the policy community, um, a big kind of component I started to dabble in was uh, STEM education and really trying to improve STEM literacy in the United States. Um, I think a big issue we have is there's still a huge socioeconomic barrier for everyday Americans to pursue advanced scientific research. You have to go to an institution, you have to be able to, uh, you know, have the time in your day to actually go work in a lab or something or the other. And I think the issue is that uh, politicians are, you know, they have their own agendas, but at the end of the day, their policy points are based on what their constituents want. And if constituents aren't, you know, messing around with the science or don't have access to, you know, these kind of questions, um, they're not even going to understand um, kind of necessarily what the problems are, right? So if I gave a, a student the access to work with a this uh, piece of bacteria that can, you know, uh, swallow carbon dioxide, right? And that's a really cool experiment. And then that student asks themselves, wait, why do we even have this? Oh, because carbon dioxide's not great for the environment. Oh, climate change is an actual thing. You know, let me talk to my, um, my uh, representative about this. Let's see, like, let me push my representative to make this one of their policy points. So I think it's kind of this whole cycle of if we can improve science literacy just amongst our population, uh, we can improve how our politicians and our policy writers think about the issue. We've been talking today with James Bedner, Christina Chen, Ishan Dev, Alex Sine, Zai Lin, 
and Victor Rodriguez. For more details about WISE or to find out more about the Doing a World of Good program, visit doingaworldofgood.org. And don't forget to listen to the conclusion of this discussion on our next episode. And that does it for this edition of Doing a World of Good. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, search for us on your favorite podcast directory or visit doingtheworldofgood.org. On behalf of everyone at the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, I'm Bob Norp. Thanks for listening. Thank you.